Views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. Today's episode is brought to you by the Dublin Bay Raptors. Did you watch the 2023 Super Bowl? Did Diana Flores' run with it halftime commercial make you feel a type of way? Or have you seen the most recent Pro Bowl? If yes is the answer to any of those, then maybe you want to give flag football a go. Come on down to the Dublin Bay Raptors, one of Ireland's premier flag teams, and play with some of the self-proclaimed best flag football players on the island of Ireland. We let you check out more via their social media accounts at Dublin Bay Raptors on Instagram or their Facebook page, Dublin Bay Raptors. Hello and welcome to the Domestic Game Podcast. I'm Kelly Dwyer, your host, and today we are focusing on all things Irish Wolfhounds. So I'm very happy to welcome back all of our guests today who have been on the podcast at one stage or another um, over its existence. We have the director of the national program, Alan Orr. We have the head coach of the senior Killed Wolfhounds, Kieran O'Sullivan. We have the head coach of the Wolfhounds flag football, Dan Shaw, and we also have the head coach of the Wolfhounds youth team, Alan Lamassney. So guys, welcome all today to the episode. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Hi, Kelly. Right. So, um, Alan, we will, Alan Orr, um, we will start with yourselves, yourself. So can I ask, uh, within your department, the national program, um, what events are coming up uh, this year for, for you? Right. Well, we're kicking off actually this um, this Sunday. We're doing a bit of a meet and greet with uh, the Notre Dame players that are coming across in association with corporate.ie or the Erlingus Classic people. So some of the coaches, players are meeting up with them for Q&A. Um, and that's really a good kickoff um, for, for us to get a wee bit of uh, publicity from that. And then we move into the 8th of April, uh, which is going to be a complete uh, national team meet on that Saturday. We're going to obviously have the flag flag team there with Dan and the under-19s with Alan and the seniors as well. So I'm looking forward to that because we've all had a bit of a, a sabbatical. And uh, so that means we can all get together and uh, moan about what we need to do and et cetera, which Keir never, Keir never moans, but of course, I'm, no. sure he, I, I'm sure he'll have something lined up for me to gurn about. So, uh, yeah, it, it's just, I think it's going to be a nice thing to get everybody onto the one camp, everybody to see each other, coaches to mix, et cetera, players. And I'm looking forward to that, to get things started off. And then we obviously look at the programmes that they, each coach wants to put in place up to the common events, which starting with the, the seniors would be the 5th of August. And that's our uh, EC game against Turkey. Um, and at the moment, that's still being sort of uh, discussed and chatted about, but the venue's likely to be cork for it. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, uh, again, working on that at the moment. And then we move into the flag, uh, which is obviously the EC's big thing in the Merck this year uh, for the association running that event. Uh, there's something in the region of 23 teams have expressed an interest coming, or sorry, 23 countries. And I think out of that, we have gone down the list. Uh, I think there was, what, 20, Dan, was it 20-odd male teams and uh, 18 female teams? That'd be correct? Yep. yep. Yeah. So, and I think out of that, there are 27 European countries and two African countries being represented um, at, at that event, so that, that that's very exciting for the flag uh, flag world in Ireland. And uh, then after that, we've launched ourselves into this uh, gift um, program that's happening on the Friday night before the college game, and we have then Alan and uh, his lads taking on Naples, uh, the community school of Naples um, at Donnybrook. And then after that, the next day, we're trying to do a Wolfhounds fundraiser tailgate party in Dublin. And then after that, um, we probably will be traveling to Turkey to play an away game. And I'm trying to line up the under-19s against uh, possibly the pride at Bristol Academy 
in October as well. Now there, I've just found out today that there's actually a Scottish youth team on the go. So there's a potential that we may look at them for early next year for the under 19. So we have a hell of a stack program yeah. this year once we get past April. And credit to these guys because my work should be done by then and that they only start beginning. So yeah, great year for the Wolfhounds. I think me, Kieran, Alan, we've all sat down and talked about this saying, you know, with all what's happened in the last couple of years, we're really trying to play catch up. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's one of those when it when it rains, it pours, you know, it's it's very yeah. quiet for a few years. And the next thing it's event after event after event. And I think it's it's yeah. brilliant and also brilliant that it's, you know, across all the different areas in um, the department. You couldn't say that one area is becoming more active than the other. I think that they're all so well represented. So, um, Alan, you're earning you're earning your money this year, I'll tell you. <laughs> you know, well, this this could be the swan song. <laughs> so good. But yeah, look, I mean, I, I have to thank these three guys that are that are on here. And I know it's it's not um they make my life a lot easier because we do work well as a team and we can bounce off each other. And I think that that that's a unique thing that's happening now within the three camps that we've all have a relationship with each other and we can work together. Um, yeah. You know, there's no agendas. I mean, Kieran, what we went through last year, putting the Spain game together, the disappointment of it, but so much was learned from that, which is going to change this year. And even from me, um, how we went about things. So that can only be good for Dan and, and Alan and, and what they're trying to do in their core, because they say whatever, you know, you've heard me say this a thousand times. I always believe what happens at national level should tear down into domestic level. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, the things that we're doing now at the minute, like obviously trying to get more women in sport, uh, promoting the youth, etc. That's all good development for the future of the game. So when, when us our lads decide time's enough, you know, we hope there's a there's a core, we've left a legacy there of good people to carry on that 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 job, those roles. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're you're doing a great job at that. And uh, anyone, I mean, you know, I know some of the things that are happening just from being on the board. And even as I hear you tell them like that, I get very excited. So um, I'm excited to hear what the response is going to be um, to hearing things just laid out just like that um, across like the people in AFI who are listening to it. Um, I suppose to to chat with the coaches that are here on the call. And I'm going to start actually with the youth um, program, Alan Lamasney. So um, this youth team, we haven't had a, a youth team in a wee while. I think uh, Kiran O'Sullivan, you were actually head coach probably of the last head of the last uh, youth team that we had. Um, and now, Alan, I think that you're going to do a, a fantastic job, no doubt at all, um, if the success of the, the Admirals youth team is anything to go by. Um, how are you feeling about all of these events that are coming up this year? Oh, listen, it's it's very exciting. Um, Alan is doing a fantastic job organising all of this. Um, and look, it's just our job then to, to get the guys ready to, to play football and put a good product on the field. But... You know, it's fantastic for, for football. It's fantastic for the league. And, um, you know, hopefully it's going to grow the sport across all the different codes in the country and that we can, you know, become, you know, better and bigger organisation from it all. And that, um, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping with the youth side of things that we can start growing the, the amount of young fellas that want to play football um, and get them, you know, get them ready to, to play at the, at the youth level. And then obviously, you know, the, the the object of the game then is once they've got you know to a certain to a certain age then that they progress into the senior squad, so hopefully what we do at the youth level will help the the senior level then once they get to that point. I have absolutely no doubt, um, but that it will, um, especially now that this is going to be a, a new a new team. So I mean I think the first thing that's going to be on anybody's mind if I'm let's say an aspiring 18-year-old um American footballer and I want to make it onto this team you know what qualities would you look for in a current youth player in terms of trying to make it onto this this new Wolfhounds team I suppose you know we're going to get everyone together on April the 8th and and that is interested in trying out 
we'll then see what the what the level of guys are. But you know, I think the main thing for for to get involved in this is we want to see drive, we want to see dedication, and we want to see a willingness to to be part of the team and to grow the team. Um, skills, you know, we can work with, we can teach stuff, you know, we can grow that. But you know, you want the desire to be involved. You want to see guys that are willing to put in time, put in the effort, so that you know we're going to have a very short period of time to get ready for the first game. Um, so what I want is I want guys that are, are willing to work hard, because we will have to work hard to be ready for the for the um, the first game in August. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I love um, Alan Orr, even that you've mentioned like the likes of Bristol Pride, because I know there was a lot of excitement for the the youth team. I think it was back in, in 2020 or 2021, where yeah. we were looking to to get a fixture against them and then unfortunately postponed and postponed again. So it's brilliant yeah. to see this um to see this kind of come in full circle now and um, that our, our new youth players will have the chance to kind of fulfill this this fixture almost as, I suppose, a legacy type of thing. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate that time. I think, uh, you know, looking back, I actually spoke to Ben her the day, their head coach, and, uh, you know, he was actually saying, yeah, we made the wrong call, you know, and, and hindsight, foresight and hindsight and all these things. But we, we've always said that, uh, you know, we had a gentleman's agreement that we owed, each, we owed Bristol a game at some point. And uh, it's actually transpired that they have now two teams um, a university team and also a 16, 18 year old youth team, which fits in perfectly with going there. And again, their setup's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that one. And it's something that we're paying a wee bit of debt back on what happened uh, at that time because, yeah, there was a lot of work went into that fixture to get it off the ground. And then weather, the weather just, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> As, as it happens, as I say, it's just one of those things that I always look back on. It's been a regret that we just didn't bite the bullet and go for plan B, you know, and yeah. wing it. Yeah. Well, we, in fairness, we didn't know at the time that the weather was going to be soon followed by a global pandemic. But look, you know, you oh, live and no, you true, live and you true. learn, you know. Yeah. Um, Alan Lamassi, then back to you. Um, how are you feeling as head coach of this new team about the current talent pool of the youth players that we have across the island? I, I listen. I'm very excited about it. I obviously I see these guys over the last couple of years in the youth league anyway, yeah. so I know quite a lot of them. Um, we've obviously played against them as part of the Admiral setup, um, so I know there's just lots of good talent at at all the, all the positions. And that's the thing, you know, it's not just you know we're going to have lots of receivers and running backs or whatever. There's a lot of good linemen. There's a lot of good linebackers. A lot of DBs. You know, um, there's plenty of talent there. Absolutely, plenty of talent in, in, in Ireland for playing football. Um, and, you know, when when Rod Woodson came over to the Run the Hope through football camp, um, I was involved in that. And, like, they were surprised by the level of talent that was here. Yeah. They didn't expect they didn't expect that, you know, the, the Irish guys would be at the, the level they are. So, you know, I think once we get them in and we work hard and we get... Uh, you know, we get everyone to buy into the idea of, of you know, we want to put a good, solid team out there. Um, I think, you know, it, it'll be fantastic. I agree, absolutely. And I think it's great that the likes of Rod Woodson can come over and be impressed by what we're doing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It's yeah. something that has really stuck with me when I've spoken to, let's say, our domestic coaches and domestic athletes, but that have experience playing and performing internationally something that they all come back with is that we shouldn't undervalue ourselves. We're actually, I think on this Island, a lot better than we can originally give us credit for. And even for me as, you know, playing in flag over in Singapore, I can actually vouch for that. I think that uh, some of the flag that we have in Ireland is every bit as strong as what's out there internationally, if, if not stronger. And um, that kind of has almost accidentally brought me over, I suppose, um, to you, Dan Shaw. You know, how are the preparations ahead of the European Championship going over in the Flagwell fans camp? Yeah, it's uh, the preparation's been really strong. Um, we've obviously we've trained quite a bit over the last year. Um, we've just come back from a bit of a break there at Christmas um, to get stuff back into it. And as Alan um, said there earlier about April 8th, we've been able to come together as one Wolf fans group within the three squads. Um, I think that'll be a little bit of a marker down to the players of 
obviously the work that Kieran's done previously with the Belgian games, the Spain game, etc., is fantastic. And it sort of gives them that benchmark of that's what you're expected of now. Yep. You know, that's the professionalism we expect out of the squad. Um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Certainly the first couple of months trying to get a sort of core squad together that we were happy with. We've seen a lot of players. Um, we've had a league season, which was useful. Um, I think for scouting purposes, we probably didn't get to see as much flag as we'd like to as national team coaches. But uh, the games that we did get to, we got to see guys that maybe weren't necessarily on our radar pre-COVID. Uh, guys who... Obviously, there's people who maybe were only in their first year in the league or had played. We are sort of aware of them from kitted and things like that, but they hadn't really put their stamp on the flag leg yet. Um, so there's people that have sort of made themselves a little bit more clear to us um, over the last five, six months. But yeah, it's something that having that goal of the tournament, I think has been a great motivation for the players uh, to be able to say to them, you know, you're not training for training's sake. There is, there's an end goal there. there there's a date to look to for, for competitive games. Um, but yeah, the preparation's been fantastic and, and hopefully we can carry on the momentum that we've had last year into the, the early sessions in, in April and March. Yeah, and actually I think that's a really good point that you mentioned where, um, you know, within the flag, but actually even across every every part of American football in Ireland, you know, whoever you are, if you play um, American football in Ireland, you have the opportunity to represent your country this year. You know what I mean? You can fight yeah. for a position to actually be on an international stage this year, whatever type of player you are, which I think this is maybe one of the first years that we can actually all say that, you know what I mean? Which is amazing. Um, you know, in terms of the 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 flag and um, being scouted and so on by coaches, I'm going to plug one of the events that myself and Alan are working on at the minute, which is the um, the new recently announced uh, flag tournaments, the six v six format with two women on the pitch at all times, and then uh, we announced this for International Women's Day, and this is of course just to promote the female participation of flag football in in Ireland. Um, personally, I've actually seen this format played in uh, the Philippines and it was widely successful. They have more female athletes than I have seen, I think, in any country to date. Um, so I thought, why not try and bring this here yeah. to Ireland and especially to bring it um, ahead of these, a nice few months ahead of these European championships, which I'm hoping will first off, give me the opportunity to be seen, <laughs> putting that out there. <laughs> um, but also, we'll right, now we hear the agenda behind all this. <laughs> I'm laughing because Alan is saying no one has any agendas. And I'm like, ah, like, <laughs> um, but you know, no, but I also... think it is a fantastic thing that you're trying to do, because I think you raised the point with me that, you know, we had put out adverts for looking for female athletes. Obviously, we want to have a woman's team in the ECs in, in Limerick. And, you know, as I said before, we'll try these things at national level to try and push, push domestic. And the fact that you come up with this great idea, um, you know, and it, I've also said that, Dan, many times, you know, there's nothing happening between January, you know, I mean, flag can be played any time of the year. It doesn't have to be a regimented uh, a thing to do so I think you doing these little tournaments to encourage people to do it it's fantastic not only just for the domestic game but actually encourage people to actually get involved more in the sport generally at a club level and everything helps you know so I mean credit to you for you know coming up with that and I think that's where the difference is and the thinking the whole association with AFI now that when people do come forward with ideas that will work you know, we're willing to, to go with them rather than, you know, put them to the side and say, yeah, we'll see what happens and how it fits in. I think you just got to grasp the nettle and go with it. And, uh, you know, I, I can't see why it doesn't work and it's and it doesn't become a popular thing and can't grow into a bigger event. You know, so credit credit to you as well. This, this is it. And I have to say the sport has been phenomenal. And then, you know, for me, if I'm whatever about the women if I'm a male athlete as well you know I'm probably going to be playing in that I want to be seen you know what I mean as much as it gives everybody an opportunity to be seen so um hopefully these are these will be as much fun as what I'm saying that they're going to be when they, when they come around um I want to move over then to the to the senior kidded 
side of things. So, Kiran, um, Spain didn't go our way, unfortunately. I think that it would have been a huge ask to to beat a team like Spain, and it was something that we we had talked about. They have like a good long history of American football, um, in the in their country. Um, what did we learn from from that? We learned um, <laughs> we learned an awful lot about ourselves, to be yeah. honest. Um, there was a lot more adversity than you know, from whistle to whistle in the game. So, um, you know, we learned what we could rely on. We learned that we can rely on each other. Um, a lot of the work we'd put in previously stood to us, um, but we still need to give ourselves better opportunities to um, pressure teams. And, you know, even saying that teams are, you know, have a history and you're kind of insinuating that they're, they're better than us, but, um, you know, they're not out of reach. No. And that was the takeaway. Um, they're not out of reach. And it just means that we have to refocus um, some of the things we're doing and we're, going to, we're working on that. Uh, we have been working on that since before Christmas. Um, Coach McKillop going around doing clinics with receivers and um, other coaches working away behind the scenes. So... Um, we have a meeting tonight with our coaches where we're going to discuss that and plan for um, our first training session, our first get-together since Spain, and then moving on. But as much as we learned, there was um, also a lot of positivities to take away from it. Yep. You know, um, so as I said, adverse conditions, they would have impacted lesser teams a lot more. Um, <laughs> but the guys... The guys were outstanding. And also um, one trait that has been with every single um, Irish team I've been involved with and a lot of club teams that that we see out there is um, just the dog. The dog and the player is is huge. The fight is massive. And there was no giving up. Absolutely no lack of belief. Um, you know, there was a, a push right on to the, to the end. And, you know, we could see how you know, the other coaches, uh, the coaches on the other sideline were rotating people around. But in when you get to the the crunch in the fourth quarter and you see the starters being sent back on to yeah. get a grip on the game again, um, or try to get a grip on the game again, I should say, um, you know that we've we've done something, we've achieved something. Um, no, it's a, it's not a moral victory. I don't believe in those. The scoreboard was there. Everyone read the scoreboard but we'd be foolish not to take lessons from it and move forward. Absolutely. And then it's something that you had meant, you've mentioned a few times is the personality of the, the Wolfhounds and how the, you know, they have the Wolfhounds has its own personality. Um, is that what you mean when you say that it's that dog attitude and that never give up attitude? Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I think we're probably the most aptly named team in, in Europe, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> You know, we're just, you know, we're, we're a pack, um, you know, a tight-knit group. There's a, there's a fight there. Um, no, I'm not talking about anything untoward. I'm not talking about, um, you know, the dark arts or whatever that stuff was that, you know, it went on previously, old school, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking about an actual stand-up and be counted amongst your teammates and a level of trust there, um, you know, in amongst the coaches, amongst the players, um, amongst the staff that Alan brings, you know, what, what they bring to us as well. You know, there, there just isn't a challenge that we haven't faced up to, um, to be honest with you. Outcomes mightn't be what we want, but, um, you know, the attitude is right and the direction we're going in is 100% right. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have Turkey coming up then this year, you know, how will we be successful against Turkey now? Well, we have to do. We have to start where we left off, and it's really funny. And it's um, it's one of the things because there's no great tradition of international football here. So no, the the thing we're going to work on is is learning to you know connect the dots. You you know our last game was last year. Our next game is going to be almost twelve months gap. So we need to take it from the position we were in in the four late in the fourth quarter when we started to establish ourselves in the game, which was way too late, but we need to take ourselves from that position to Q1 against Turkey and, and kind of 
that's our starting position. That's where we push on from. And again, we've learned how to pressure teams. Um, coaches and units have learned to work together uh, to diagnose things. Um, Spain tested us properly. Um, we didn't come out of the test the way we wanted, but there's so much learning there um, to be taken forward. Um, a different thing as well, it's a, it's a home game. Yes. And that is um, less of an adventure, if you know what I mean. There's less distraction. There's less time traveling. Um, traveling to Madrid is is massive. Like it's, um, you know, it's one thing when you're traveling over for vacation and, um, you know, you can crash in a, an apartment and take a day or two to recover. It's another thing when, you know, you're going into meetings and you've got training the next morning and you've got, you know, to adjust everything time zone diet everything so having a home game is is huge for us it also gives us opportunities to do things that we learned from spain that we learned from belgium that we learned from holland in the past you know how do you approach game week as a home team um and you know what the flexibility that allows you um you know and then to be able to transition all of those learnings all of that flexibility and the advantage and to make it count on the field yeah, that's where that's where it matters, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's very well answered, um, Dan. I'll ask you the same question. You know, how do we how do we win in the in the European Championships? Um, well, great question to ask. Um, but well, the plan is execution. That's something that from the first meeting with the coaches up until our last camp there in February, we've really really preached to the guys is that. We can pick the best 10, 12, 15, whatever it's going to be. If we don't go down there and execute in August, it doesn't matter who we pick. Every yeah. single player in that squad from from QB1 to the backup cornerbacks to the blitzers and the safeties, every guy needs to be doing their job. And it's the same for the women's team. It's something that obviously it's sort of been two different timelines. Uh, for the men's and the women's team, we have different challenges as coaches to adapt to. But the thing that we've really sort of, yeah, practice what we preach to the players of we have to go down there and give everything we have. That the work that we've been putting in, whether it's playbook work or the, the individual stuff that guys do away from training, it's all fantastic to see. You know, I have players from the men's team and the women's team, including yourself, sending me tape of what they've been doing away from camp. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't worry, I heard you must have been so um, but yeah, yeah. I'm hoping for a really generous edit of this, just letting you know. Um, but <laughs> the work that people are doing away from training is just as important as what we do on the day. At the end of the day, I'm not going to get the time with the players that I want between now and August. Realistically, I would like to be training five days a week. And yeah. that's just not realistic in, with the way the sport is over here. Yeah. So players need to be putting that time in a way. You know, we, thinking, had, you're right, Dan. I think we discussed this even Kieran and myself and Alan will be the same. A lot of what's going on is what these guys can do outside of the standard training camp. And that's something I think we're going to look at a lot closer this year of sort of pre-program outside of just training. And I know guys have got games and stuff like that, but when they get advice from the coaches and, you know, you were talking about earlier there, the, the Hope Through Football Clinic. I mean, Kieran was able to tell me there was a couple of coaches that were at that, Irish coaches, that they were actually praised, um, you know, by those guys uh, for their, their dedication and attention, all the rest of it and their knowledge. And I've said this before, I mean, you had the, 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 the Wolf Hounds coaches on there. I mean, we're very blessed in this country with the quality of coaches that we have uh, at, at top level. And I know that, I mean, I, I would say Mr. Kelleher wouldn't find himself out of place over in the US. Um, so, but it's just for these players to take the, this on board, the advice that they're getting. That's all I can say. I can't interfere with his playbooks, what way he wants to do the game. But I think all I can say to the players is it's a green jersey. If you want it, you've got to be hungry. If you're told you need to do this, then go and put the time in. And I think now that we're playing ECs, that's, that sort of goes up a level, you know? Yeah, ab absolutely. And even building on that, that's something that myself and Kieran have, have chatted about Um where we we talk about the the wolf fans in general and it's an elite program 
that's what it is you know what I mean if it's yeah. youth if it's senior cadet if it's flag it's an elite program so as an athlete trying to break into this it's like you know training one time a week that's not going to cut it you know yeah. it's like you need to it's it's our it's our responsibility as athletes to raise the bar of the program you know like if you have athletes that take care about what they're eating making sure they're sleeping making sure they're drinking making sure that drinking water um, making sure that they're you know training and doing everything that they can in their own time so that when they yeah. get to camp they're ready for camp um yeah. that elevates you know that's what you can do as an athlete to elevate these programs you know and you can do that every day as well so um that's kind of that's that's where that's where I would be I would be at um, in terms of like the the athlete perspective and what people listening can can do to to help because I'm asking the coaches and where I'm asking the coaches how do we get the win but that's something that everybody should be asking themselves you know yeah, what I mean it's not just on much. coaches to get the win so um but yeah Alan uh Lamasney then same question for you um how do how do our youth athletes get the win this year um, I think first of all, you know, we have to believe that you know we're not just going to make up the numbers. Uh, we're going out there to train, win the game. So that's the first thing you have to believe because if you don't believe you're going to win, you're you might as well not bother. Uh, the second thing is again, like as as the other coach say, it's just you know prepare, be, you know do what you need to do off the field as well as on the field. Um, you know study playbooks, t- uh, tape. Uh, and then when we get the chance to train, that that we don't waste any um, any time or we don't waste any reps. There's got to be all good quality reps and uh, get as much stuff done when we're together that we can. And uh, and and then just just take a good attitude uh, and and build on it over the next couple of months until we get to, to game day. And then um, and then basically show them, show them what they're uh, what they're up against. Yeah. How much do you think that our young athletes are gonna adopt the this like Wolfhounds um attitude that we see in the in the senior kiddos? Uh I, I think they they'll have no problem with it. I think you know, again, as you said earlier, uh, anyone that plays American football here now has an opportunity to play for the country. Um that doesn't happen in many sports uh, for various different reasons. Um and if someone is willing to put in the time and the effort and 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 work hard, and you know, we we certainly won't have any problem uh, instilling the idea of what we want to do in them. And um, you know, again, I think the youth, from what I've seen with youth football, there's a hunger there that you know you don't always see the older with the older players, um, and there's the desire to win it. The, you know, like as I said, even in, in the youth league there. You know, there was no team that doesn't go out there every week to try and win those games. And I think, you know, we take that deserved win and put it in, you know, with, with 40, 50 other fellas. And um, I think we could we could, uh, we could could turn out a very good team in a short bit of time. I have no doubt at all. And from the, the little bit that I have interacted with some of our, our youth players, you know, the professionalism amongst them really, really Absolutely, is there. Yeah. You know, as I said, I was I was chatting to fifteen year olds that had game tape. You know what I mean? Prepared game yeah, tape. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's the thing because football is so accessible now on phones, and you know what I mean. Whereas you're not like in the good old days, we had to watch it, and you know you got an hour's highlights every week or whatever. Whereas now you can access everything. You can access, you know, coaches. You can access tape on YouTube and drills and everything. These guys are watching that. They're 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 learning themselves. They're coming to training and they're asking questions. And you know that's what you want to see. You want to, you want to see guys that are hungry to learn and hungry to work. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Dan, I suppose the same question then for you, which is you know the attitude <clears throat> of the of the flag wolfhounds players. Do, do they have that same kind of like wolfhound attitude like in the team already? Uh, no, no, no hundred percent. Um, you know, the, the determination and the dedication from everybody from the core group that we've had in. Uh, I'm very lucky, obviously, to have a group of not just the players, but the coaches that are given so much time away from the field. Uh, they, I mean, Alan's in the group chat, he'll tell you, that all the coaches do. Probably a little too much, Ron's again, but uh, <laughs> all the coaches do is talk. You know, the amount of stuff that they go over, if we have 
even a three or four hour clinic session, they'll be breaking that tape down by Monday evening. And it just, it really is nonstop. Um, and I think that attitude has went down from, obviously it's came down originally from the kitted team where we've seen the work that they put in and how hard they work to achieve what they want to achieve. Um, that's come down to the coaches and to the players as well to have that attitude of, if you have a three-hour session or a two-hour call, whatever it is you have, you give 100% for when you're on that. Because yeah. you, do, you don't want to come away from a session. I mean, you'll know yourself as a player coming off the field, whether it's a game or a training session, if you haven't gave 100%, you, oh, you know you haven't. You know, you don't need a coach to tell you that that's not good enough. You know in the back of your mind if you give 100% or not. So we put that on the players as an onus of when you come to training or when you're on a call or when you're doing your own personal workouts, make sure that you're getting something out of that. Don't just, you know, it's something that with the calls we've had, we had a bit of difficulty with originally and um, before we had a chat with the players that don't just try and tick an attendance box because that's not getting you anywhere. When it comes yeah. to cutting the squad down or to picking players above other players, it's a part of coaching that I'm not particularly, I, I, I don't enjoy. You know, I, I've never had a conversation telling a player they're not in the squad anymore and enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, for me, the worst part of coaching. <laughs> If you're coming down to training sessions or you're going on the calls and you're not giving 100%, you make that job a lot easier for me. You know, if I have to cut five or six people and there's two people who aren't pulling their weight, well, then in my mind, I only have to cut four people because two people have cut themselves. And it's really, it gives you that. It, it stands out as well with the group that we have at the minute. I mean, Alan was down at the last session there and he'll tell you that if there's a player not putting 100%, then they stick out like a sore thumb in the group that we have. With how hard everybody's working and with, with the amount of work that people are putting in away from the field. And it does show. I, I know coaches always say it that coaches can tell the guys that are working away from the field, but you really can. When you get into a drill or you get into scrimmage, you can see the guys that are putting the work in away from the field. Um, and I think carrying that attitude, it's something that, you know, I was very fortunate to work with several of the kids at Wolfhounds at club level. And the feedback I've had from them of how intense the sessions can be that. If you're not at it, if you're, you know, if you're having a bad day, you will stand out in those groups of kitted wolf hunts camps. And that's something that we've really tried to integrate into the flag squad. Yeah. And then Kieran, you know, kind of uh, one of the things that the other other two coaches have said is how much the the like the kitted um wolf hounds really do set the tone and kind of lead the way in terms of you know culture and so on. Like how as head coach of that program, you know, how do you feel about that? Oh, it's um, like it's it's amazing to hear it from uh, Coach Sean, Coach Lamazny. You know that um, the players with the Wolfhounds have set down a marker, if you like. Um, but from an insider's point of view, looking at the need to push that marker even further, you know, it's it's not like it's uh, it's not like we've set a, a locked-in benchmark. It's like that's where we are now, and. You know our process of review. I, I was going to ask Coach Shaw why does it take him so long to get his uh, his footage together. We we landed back into um, the hotel in 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 Belgium uh, or sorry in, in Madrid, and by the time by the time we the pizzas arrived, the footage was broken down into and we it was being worked on. So um, no, look, that's that's the level. That's just you're just pushing everything another another step on the way. Um, you know, constantly reviewing, constantly. Uh, setting new goals and and uh, targets and reaching those you know trying to push through barriers so we're not finished setting setting our um our culture in stone and this is the thing now that's really exciting for me is um the potential that the youth team are going to bring the potential that um all of flag football are going to bring you know the energy that's going to be there on the eighth that's going to be amazing uh, you know and it's it's going to be tough for us coming back together after Madrid like in the first session, it's always tough to come back and, you know, there are going to be some hard truths to be told, but there's also going to be a level of energy, a shared energy there, um, which is true even in the, the sports campus amongst other codes that we share it with as well, you know. Um, we'll feed off that energy and, you know, we're, we're, we're getting more from the involvement of, of youth and flag um, than we're giving, to be honest. It's like the potential is, I keep saying potential because I'm blown away by it. You know, when you list off all the events that are coming up, um, so many are on, on chartered waters there in, in terms of flag and, and youth football establishing a serious, like, under-19s team. 
I mean, not just someone to, you know, in the past we had like all-star teams or whatever, but this is this is a new level and the potential is fantastic. And we're going to feed off that energy and, you know, we're going to be poaching people as much as we can as well, just to let the guys know. Yep. Yep. Coming after your coaches and your players. Sorry. <laughs> I need to borrow your film, coach. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, Coach Karen makes a really good point there about constantly resetting the benchmark. You know, that's something that we've spoke about pretty much constantly with the players is that every session is the worst session you'll have between now and all day. To make sure that guys know that if you come into a session, you know, I've had players say to me that they feel they're one of the top of their position. Uh, I've probably had about 30 at each position tell me that they're at the top of their position. But I think it's been a real eye-opening experience from from maybe back in July and August when guys really hadn't been in the league. Obviously, we'd had, you know, a league season before or after COVID. The COVID season, obviously, was, was only four games. Some teams didn't actually get any games. Um, and I think a lot of people had their opinions readjusted of, I'm the top player at my position. And then when they came down to the first Wolfhounds camp and were compared to not just their club mates or the guys that they've maybe played with for a while, but compared to the cream of the island, the best guys available, I think it really reset a lot of guys' markers of, okay, that's where I need to be. That's what I need to get up to now. Um, and I think that's something that going into, especially with the ECs in August, obviously they're sort of the the main goal right now uh, and what we're focusing towards. Um, the amount of tape that we've watched of other countries that have really shown people that to go from the level of flag that we play over here, which in my opinion is a high level, um, I think we're very lucky um, to have the level of flag that we do have over here. Um, but I think when you look at the level of some of these other countries and the, the preparation that they put in, it really is professional sport played at an amateur level. Um, and I think that that's something that we've got to work to live up to going into August. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, uh, whenever I get chatting with, you know, coaches, this this happens on this podcast so often that I, you know, I get chatting with coaches or players or whatever, and then I have a moment where my mind is just blown. And I think that that has, has happened just over the last, you know, the last few questions there, because that is that thing of, um, you know, feeling like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, as a player, like, oh yeah, I have, I learned, I know this now, I know this part of the game, I know this, I'm this good at my position, but it's so funny because, I've noticed that as soon as I think I know something in terms of playing, uh, that's where I that's where I become humbled again. You know what I mean? And it is that thing of of resetting and always striving for more. Um, is that thing of like when if you ever get to a point, I think it's the same as a player, as um, as a coach, you know, maybe even director as well, Alan. You know, if you ever get to a point where you think you know it all you are just setting yourself up to be humbled, you know, so, so quickly, so effectively. So it's just one of those where it's like, I think there's always, there's always a sense of humbleness whenever you have to do something that's huge. And I do think that these goals that we have this year in this department, they're huge goals, they're massive goals, but I think they're, they're achievable. And uh, when I'm chatting with, with all of you, it just is, it's very, it's very inspiring stuff. And it really, I think it's um I just think it's credit. I think it's credit to you the work that you're doing. I think you're doing all a fantastic job. Well, as I said at the start of the program, I mean, I think we're very fortunate with the people that we have around us. Um, you know, you everybody has a role. I think going back to Spain, um, on my own personal experience of that was just the fact that I went away and didn't realize that I was representing Ireland myself. I got the guys there, got them home, but you didn't actually sort of perceived that you know it was part of the part of the machine and I got to kick up the backside for that to say no you know only for you this wouldn't be happening etc etc but it's not the, the thing I love about all these guys is there is a you know you say about being humble they all are humble they all love what they're doing I mean it's it's as much as the work that they put in it can be a pain in the ass to all of us and sometimes all time consuming, but there is that thing where they they want to do it. You know, there's a willingness, and that makes it so much easier to facilitate the whole thing. Um, you know, and even what you're trying to do with your tournaments, just because all these guys want to do this and want to do their best, and to say, I keep saying back to the guys, look, it's an Irish jersey. Not everybody gets the opportunity to wear that. You know, and you got to wear it with pride. But as Kieran says. The doggedness is there, but the humility of a lot of our players is, is unbelievable. 
you know, and, and I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful the team that I I certainly have have around me and wouldn't I don't think I've ever really questioned other than a few dodgy players that come out of books now and again, but that's just me as a, a supporter, a fan, wondering what's going on. I don't sometimes see the bigger picture because I don't put myself on the same level as these guys as coaches, so I have to accept what they do, but I have every trust in every one of them, and I'm very fortunate. And I just keep could keep saying that over and over again because I am quite a lucky national program director or whatever you want to call me. And you did mention something there about money at the start of the program. Do you know something I don't? But money, did I? Did yeah, I you said I'm going to earn the money this year. Is there oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. What you call it? Everyone knows it's all it's all volunteer. That's what I was laughing about. You said if we were yeah. being paid, so sorry, like, would you, we not? Yeah, uh, do you hear that, Karen? No money. <laughs> <laughs> this is how yeah. rumors start. You know that they'd be like, "Wait, Alan Orr's being paid, is he?" Yeah, well, he thinks I'm on. He thinks I'm on commission somewhere, so he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Does Does anybody have anything else to to add into this conversation? I'll kind of open it up to yourselves. Go ahead, Karen. Well, like you know, first off, again, just to to go back over about um, you're talking about younger players and uh, players in flag football. Um, I was talking about the potential, and it's been mentioned before, but it has to be highlighted, like the potential for a young player now is absolutely amazing. Um, you know, if this is going to be a springboard, the, the under-19s team is going to be a springboard uh, for so much happening in youth football. Um, the the flag competition we're, we're entering is going to be a springboard for flag football, um, both, both the men and women's game, um, which has to be said. And that's, I mean, that's one thing. It, it was... Um, you know, this is this is the week of um, International Women's Day, and you know it, it has to be mentioned that we've got participants in in all factors of our sport who are women, but we don't have enough for them, um, and that's something we all have to. It, it's not just going to happen. It's really not just going to happen automatically. That's something we have to work on, and uh, you know, a tournament um, which kind of enshrines a. Um, a quota system, if you like, um, you know, that's going to, that's, that's certainly, you know, a fantastic start. Um, but at the same time, it's going to put pressure on coach on his coaches um, to get those, to get the, the potential out of those players who come through that and put their hands up and get the potential out of the players who come together. And um, I just want to wish him the best of luck and, you know, best of luck to everybody involved in the flag football. This is a massive, massive, um, achievement to get the tournament here and it's going to be a massive achievement to even field teams and I know none of that's enough none of it's going to be enough and that's brilliant it's going to be brilliant to see the, yeah. you know these players compete yeah I think it's it's a fantastic opportunity as Alan pointed out that it's not just playing a game it's not just a flag game it's not just a flag tournament it's a pillager country country um, and I think that that's something that it really has it's, it's hit the players and hit the coaches as well of how not just how big a task this is, but also what an opportunity it is. Um, you'd mentioned the tournaments that are coming up as well. I think that the more women that we can get playing flag football, the better. Um, it's something that I've always pushed at club level. Um, and, you know, to see it now happen on a league-wide scale as well, to see, hopefully, that it'll give us, you know, we, we currently have a squad, but to have a bigger pool of players to pick from. Um, we obviously don't have the, the pool at the moment that we do with the men's team. Um, it would be great for us to get to the, to not just use this Euros as a benchmark of something to get to, but what it can sort of springboard on afterwards. Um, you know, the hope is that it's certainly going to help to grow the women's game and that there'll be, not just for us as coaches, but for the whole game, that there's a lasting legacy there of that's the year that flag sort of took that next step, both in the men's game, but certainly in the women's game. More importantly, that that's the, that's the year that it sort of became a mainstream women's sport in Ireland, that you know, there's a lot of people that have even joined clubs that I've been at that weren't aware that it was a, a co-ed sport previously. Um, you know, I I play softball, which is co-ed, and the amount of, of women I've met at it that just weren't aware, who have maybe got partners or friends that play flag games and had no idea that they could even get involved. Um, and I think that this initiative is really bringing in now 
um, especially as Kieran mentioned this week, a great time to launch it to show that that's the next step. That's where we go next. You know, where we do make it that it's not the, the sort of state that it's always been of there's a couple of teams around the league that have female players and that they participate, but that every team has that benchmark. Uh, that every team's really following through with the promise of bringing bringing more women into the game. Yeah, yeah, and it's even I think just because you know it's um like I understand the levels at which this this approach works. You know what I mean? And even just to go into that like a little bit, it's like it's two female athletes on the pitch at all times, which overcomes so many barriers straight away. It's like my aim for this is really to put teams in a position where they can succeed when they recruit women in. So first off, it gives them something to aim for with the new athletes that they've recruited. And then secondly, helps them to avoid the pitfall of just putting the women, just putting the women rushing. You know what I mean? Uh, seeing them only as doing that job. It's like, it means that they have to, you know, include them in the coverage, include them in receiving, include them in quarterback. You know what I mean? Um, that that's part. And then the other thing is, is that when you have two minimum, it means that the women will create friendships within your within your team and that's a big part of keeping them involved as well they have that they're not just the only woman in that in that club which can happen um so it is this way in in as such so as to help the clubs that have taken this on board to succeed and for this to kind of um not just be uh, a nice thing that happens once but actually to be the start of something that grows into something bigger and um i have to say i've been very you know we're like humbled by the response across AFI it's been all support for it and we already have um a lot of a lot of clubs that have expressed that they are going to be sending um teams into it that they're going to be actively recruiting a lot of them already have maybe one woman involved and are now looking at this as this is the opportunity to get more so I'm very optimistic about it um I have to say which is uh, but you know that's a credit to to AFI, to our culture, to what the Wolfhounds are doing, to you know the opportunities that are there in this sport for for every athlete, as we've said. Yeah, great. Yeah. I, I, th- I think you've made a great point there. If a lot of clubs over the past couple of years, certainly when female or women women's players on their team, the idea has always been pass rusher or blitzer. Yeah. That's sort of been the automatic. Um, it's certainly something that at clubs I've been at that, that that's happened. Um. I know one example, Helen Smith, who originally came into the Elks, played one year there blitzing, came to the Trojans, was largely a blitzer as a safety. And over the last three years, she's developed from from someone who w- would be sent on sort of on third and fourth and long as a pass rusher to become the defensive captain, even last year, quarterback in the team and winning the game as a quarterback. Yeah. And I think that that shows that there is an incredible amount of untapped potential in the women's game. Um, it's something that we've been lucky with, you know, when we brought the Wolfhounds coaching staff together, uh, when I brought Ian Shaw and Dermot Bryan in as the coordinators, the first thing that I was asked is, we get to work with the women's team as well. That's something that they were both incredibly keen on. Yeah. You know, when they when they drew their offensive and defensive schemes up, it was certainly drawn with the whole squad in mind, not just a, a certain group of players. Um, and even, as you said, with those tournaments, you know, to have the support from, from Alan at director level, that we've been given that remit to go and help grow the game. You know, Alan has always preached from from the first time that we had a conversation that everything we do at national team level should be not just to compete, but to better the game in Ireland as a whole. You know, we, we want what we do at these camps, whether it's the men's team, the women's team, whatever, that that spreads down to the clubs. You know, there's, there's guys who uh, have incredible athleticism, great talent, who maybe haven't had the level of coaching I mean, it's it's probably more prevalent in flag than it would be in, in senior kid or youth, but their club is maybe more of a social club. So yes, they get to play games, etc., but there isn't necessarily organized training sessions. Um, and having them come to us and take drills away or even go away and train with local clubs. You know, we've had guys that are from areas, even some of the guys based in Dublin that would be involved in flag-only teams. And as purists, wouldn't necessarily... Obviously, this year it'll be different out of these tournaments, but in previous years, between the league end in November and the new league year starting in September, they're, you know, you're know you losing a lot of good weather there that they haven't been playing flag football. And the amount of guys who've been coming to me now and saying that, well, they'll meet up with two or three other clubs and train just to get a bit of flagging. Like that, that's what we need more of. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, these tournaments yet, they're going to be hugely beneficial for the women's team and hopefully for the women's game in general. But they'll also be benefiting everybody who is a flag purist. You know, everybody who just wants to get down and play flag while the weather's good. Like, you know, the complaint that we've always had. And it's probably been for about the last two or three directors. The complaint's always been, why am I going to kitted games on Sundays over the summer and not playing flag games? Why do we wait until it gets dark at four to play flag games? It just doesn't make sense. Um, and it's great now to see an initiative coming from the board and coming down through the clubs to show that, yes, here's three dates that you can get out. Recruit, again, the female recruitment thing. One club that I do want to mention is the Vipers. You know, the Donegal Derry Vipers are having two of their recruitment days this year or yep. for women's players only. Yep. And to see that impetus being put in, that effort being put in, is just absolutely fantastic to see. It really is. Yeah. And I, I'd say two things back on that. The first one is you talk about Helen Smith. Um, this is, you know, as a female athlete, Helen Smith to me is is one of the players that inspires me. And it's so funny because I work with Helen and I'm friends with Helen, but on the pitch, she inspires me. You know what I mean? She was the first woman that I saw playing flag and she was the first person that showed to me that this sport is something I can actually play, not just support. You know what I mean? Because I was always officiating or I was whatever. She was the first one that showed me, like, no, there's a place for me in this sport actually to play it like anybody else. So, I mean, she's amazing. She has no idea. And then the second one is Alan. Um, absolutely credit to you, you know, because like this with, with any of these, and I think everybody agrees, and I'm just going to reiterate that, you have been fantastic. You've been fantastic to work with. You just, you're very, I feel like all we do is come to you with the idea and you you just start putting it in motion. You know, that's all I have felt like I have had to do with you in, in terms of these, these tournaments. You just say, okay, look, this is, I didn't, this is what I want to see happen. And you said, okay, we can do it this way. And the next thing, it all just happened. You know, you just have met, you have been so supportive. And I think that everybody here agrees with that. So it's not a role that's seen, um, so I want to take this opportunity to really thank you for that. No, yeah, I like to say thank you very much, but I, I am the one that's privileged because even when I go back to to Cairn and we talked about the old days, etc. I mean, we have come to an understanding between us, whether it's Waldorf, Statler, or wherever you want to put it. But you know, he knows what I want, and I, you know, and vice versa. That there has everything has to be done to a standard, and especially if it's going to be at national level. Um, you know, and we feed off each other. And then that comes down to Dan, same thing with Alan and Alan and Kieran, no one's even friends with Kieran for years. So, I mean, you know, we've pretty got compact of what's going on. And as I said to you, it's a credit to you and just, I think, the association in a whole now that we're a wee bit more about promoting rather than policing is probably a better way of putting it. And the enthusiasm's there right through a lot of the clubs. And the cream will always rise to the top, as I say, and I, I, I know I get caught all the time in saying this, but you have to take the horse to water, you know, whether it drinks is another matter, but <laughs> that's our job to get that that far. And we've done that with a senior level. I mean, from day one, when we took this on and we played, played Belgium in a friendly right up to now to be in the ECs, you know, it's been a great journey and a lot of friendships, a lot of great people. But the dedication that these guys put in, uh, you know, compared to what I do, it's it's mind blowing. Because every time you speak to Karen, oh, we're doing a coaches meeting tonight. You know, we're having a coaches meeting tomorrow night. You have people like he mentioned, Paul McKillop, Brandon Keller, all those guys do a wee bits on the sideline. The flag guys, uh, they need to get a room, you know. They the stuff that goes on in there, it's just non-stop flag, 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 you know. And and it's lovely to see because it means everybody's enjoying it. You know, if it becomes a chore, then we might as well pack it in. So as much as it can be a pain at times, there is still the enjoyment. And I think Karen and me have already said, as we've had this relationship, you know, we we want to leave the sport better than we find it. And I think we've achieved some of those goals. But we're not just finished yet. Not just finished yet. No, definitely not. Um, I think we could we could maybe leave it um, on that note. If everyone's happy to, Alan Lumasney, I do want to just give you one more chance to say anything. If you if you do have anything else that you want to say, yeah. Look, I mean, it, the, I suppose the only thing, and and the lads touching it there is, I think you know, we are now getting so much support from AFI 
these days for what we want to do that, you know, perhaps we didn't have the same level of support before. And, you know, that comes from the board, from Aiden, you know, trying to supply as much stuff to us as possible so that we can do all these things. And, you know, I think football in Ireland is in a great place and it's only going to get better. Great. We're not just done yet. Everybody happy to leave it there? Everybody yeah, we'll speak to you again. Uh, give us a shout in September. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We will indeed. Brilliant. Okay, guys, thank you so much. And we'll sign off from the domestic game. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks.